the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. God's desire is that all people would turn from their sin and turn to Jesus Christ and be saved. And it doesn't matter how evil or wicked a person may be. The blood of Jesus Christ can blot out all of their sins. All of them. Even the worst people you can think of. God wants to save them. Now look at Jonah's response in verse 3. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Pastor Dan shares a hard truth in today's study. The Lord wants everyone to come to Christ and be saved. No matter how evil the individual is, salvation is available to them. Every adulterer or murderer, any sinner, can come to Christ and receive forgiveness for their transgression. Anyone who judges these people and believes they don't deserve salvation is self-righteous. God doesn't wish for any to perish, even the wicked. No matter how large the sin, anyone who comes to Christ can be set free. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Jonah chapter 1 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. to Jonah chapter 1 in your Bible for me. Jonah, of course, is probably one of the best-known books in the Bible, especially for children. Veggie Tales, that's what I think of when I think of the book of Jonah. So Jonah chapter 1 this evening. We're also going to look at John chapter 7. You want to go ahead and find that in your Bible so you can turn there quickly when the time comes. John chapter 7. Jonah chapter 1. And let me pray for us. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the time in your word. We thank you for your word that it's alive and it's powerful and it's sharper than a two-edged sword. We thank you for uh, the way that you speak to us out of your word, the way that you use your word in our lives to conform us into the image of your son. And Lord, we commit our time in, in the word to you. We pray that you would open our eyes and our ears and our hearts to your word. Lord, I pray that your spirit would be upon me to teach your word. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, before we get into the first chapter of the book of Jonah, let me just give you some background information as an introduction to the book. Jonah was a prophet who lived in the northern kingdom of Israel. Again, if you remember, uh, after King Solomon died, there was a civil war in Israel. The nation split into two kingdoms. There was the northern kingdom that was known as Israel. Ten tribes went with the northern kingdom. And then there was the southern kingdom known as Judah. Two tribes, Judah and Benjamin, went with the southern kingdom. Uh, Jonah lives in the northern kingdom, and he is ministering as a prophet about 30 to 50 years before the destruction of the northern kingdom by the Assyrians. And that takes place in 722 
B.C. Uh, the name Jonah means dove, dove. But he's more of a stubborn mule than a dove, you know, as you'll see. If you look at verse 1, verse 1 tells us that Jonah was the son of Amittai. That's his father's name. And that's really the only biographical information found in the book of Jonah. If you're taking notes, you can also jot down 2 Kings chapter 14, verse 25. 2 Kings chapter 14, verse 25. There in 2 Kings 14, we're told that Jonah was from the town of Gath Heifer. Gath Heifer. Jesus grew up two to three miles away from where Jonah grew up. That's like walking up to the Royal Farm store up the street and back. That's how far away they were. That's how close they were. Now, I point that out because uh, the geography is part of the story with Jesus. Jews living in the Galilee in the time of Jesus would make a geographical connection between Jesus of Nazareth and Jonah the prophet from Gath Hefer. They're from the same area. Practically the same neighborhood, just across the valley from each other. Nazareth is right by the hometown of Jonah, the prophet. That's why you see Jesus refer to Jonah so often in the Gospels. And I want to show you one passage in particular we're going to look at some of the other passages in the Gospels in future studies, but, but, not, but I do want to show you one in John chapter 7. So for the Jews living in the days of Jesus, they made that connection. Hey, he's, he's from the same area as Jonah the prophet. John chapter 7, this is during the Feast of Tabernacles in verse 37. It says, on the last day, the great day of the feast, Jesus stood in the temple And he cried, saying, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. But this he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive. For the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So during the Feast of Tabernacles, there on the Temple Mount, there was a point in the ceremony where everybody would kneel and pray. The Feast of Tabernacles takes place in the fall, and it's right before the rainy season begins. And so they would pray that God would send rain for their crops. And as they're kneeling and praying, Jesus stands up and says, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow Rivers of living water. And we're told he was speaking of the Holy Spirit. Verse 40. Therefore, many from the crowd, when they heard this saying, said, truly, this is the prophet. Prophet that Moses spoke of back in Deuteronomy. Others said, this is the Christ. This is the Messiah. But some said, will the Christ, will the Messiah come out of Galilee? They they associate Jesus with Nazareth. Has not the scripture said that the Christ comes from the seed of David and from the town of Bethlehem where David was? They don't realize that Jesus was born in Bethlehem. They know him as Jesus of Nazareth. 
And so they say, doesn't the Messiah come out of Bethlehem? So there was a division among the people because of him. Now some of them wanted to take him, but no one laid hands on him. Verse 45, then the officers came to the chief priests and the Pharisees who said to them, why have you not brought him? The chief priests and Pharisees earlier in the chapter sent the officers of the temple to go and arrest Jesus and take him into custody. And so now they say, why have you not brought him? And the officers answered, no man ever spoke like this man. <laughs> I love that. And we went to arrest him, but then we heard what he was saying. And we've never heard anybody talk like this guy. We just, I, I guess we just forgot to arrest him after we heard him. Now the Pharisees answered them, are you also deceived? Have any of the rulers or the Pharisees believed in him? (laughs) But this crowd that does not know the law is a curse. Then Nicodemus, he who came to Jesus by night, back in John chapter 3, being one of them, said to them, Does our law judge a man before it hears him and knows what he is doing? They have to, you know, question him and do an investigation. Look at verse 52. And they answered and said to him, Are you also from Galilee? Search and look, for no prophet has arisen out of Galilee. That's not true. This is what the religious leaders are saying. Because they are trying to discredit Jesus. And they're trying to discourage people from believing that he's the Messiah. So they're saying no prophet has ever come out of Galilee. Jonah came out of Galilee. This is what we call today misinformation. They're lying. They're trying to prevent people from believing that Jesus is the Messiah. And so they say, well, no prophet has ever come out of Galilee. Well, Jonah came out of Galilee. So that's not true. Now, go back to Jonah chapter 1. Not only did Jesus grow up in the same area as Jonah... There are several similarities between the ministry of Jesus and the ministry of Jonah. The Gospel of Matthew chapter 8, Jesus went to minister to the pagan Gentiles that were on the other side of the Sea of Galilee. Remember that? And he got into the boat and there was a storm that came and he was asleep in the boat and the disciples came and they woke him up in a panic. Well, a similar thing happened to Jonah. God called Jonah to go preach to the pagan Gentiles in Nineveh, as we're going to see in chapter 1. Jonah also got into a boat. He got caught in a windstorm. Jonah was asleep in the boat during the storm. Jonah was awakened by those on the boat with him. The difference, however, between Jesus and Jonah is Jonah was on the boat fleeing from the presence of God in disobedience. Jesus, of course, obeyed the Father. Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh to preach to the Gentiles there. Jesus made a point to go across the Sea of Galilee to preach to the Gentiles on the other side of the sea. And I believe those living in the time of Jesus would see the parallels between Jesus and Jonah. I believe that Jesus knew the people recognized the parallels between himself and Jonah. And so Jesus made a couple statements that explicitly connected him to Jonah. It's already in their minds. Matthew chapter 12, Matthew chapter 16, uh, Luke chapter 11. 
Jesus talked about the sign of the prophet Jonah. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. And so he connected his death and resurrection to Jonah. Uh, Also in Matthew chapter 12, Jesus talked about the people of Nineveh repenting at the preaching of Jonah. And then he said, and one greater than Jonah is here. And the people weren't repenting. And he said, the people of Nineveh will stand in judgment of the people in Israel in his day because they repented. So Jesus connected himself to Jonah. On several occasions in his teaching, again, he's from that same area. People would make the connection themselves, and there's a lot of parallels there. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. And so now Jonah chapter 1, verse 1. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai. Now let me just stop right there. The Lord, here's capital, lies. That's Yahweh. That's the name Yahweh. And then you have Jonah in verse 1. And other than the Lord, uh, Jonah is the only other person named in this entire, entire book. The Lord Yahweh and Jonah are the two main characters. And this book is about Jonah learning about the character of Yahweh. In particular, Jonah is going to learn about the grace and mercy of God. Jonah does not understand the extent of God's grace for sinners. That's what this whole thing's about for Jonah. And so verse 2, God says to Jonah, Arise, go to Nineveh, the great city, that great city, and cry out against it, for their wickedness has come up before me. God calls Jonah to do three things. Arise, go to Nineveh, and cry out against it. God says, for their wickedness has come up before me. Now, the the city of Nineveh is first mentioned way back in Genesis chapter 10 in the table of nations. And there in Genesis chapter 10, we learn that the city of Nineveh was founded by Nimrod, the great grandson of Noah. And it was described as a great city back then in Genesis chapter 10. By Jonah's time, the city of Nineveh was 1500 years old. And it was still a great city, it says. They had wonderful restaurants, museums, great music scene. It was a lot like going to Austin, Texas, when you went to Nineveh. (laughs) Not really. As we're going to see later in Jonah, it's a huge city. It's a huge city. In Jonah's day, it was an Assyrian city. It would later become the capital 
of the Assyrian Empire. Now, the Assyrians at this point, they were a growing world power in Jonah's time. And the Assyrians were known and feared for their cruelty, their severe cruelty. When they would conquer a nation, they would slaughter most of the people. Those that they didn't kill, they enslaved. They often tortured people and mutilated people just to terrorize nations. Uh, Some cities would commit mass suicide instead of falling into the hands of the Assyrians. And so God says in verse 2, their wickedness has come up before me. And God called Jonah, who was living in the Galilee, to arise, go to Nineveh, and cry out against them. And the Hebrew indicates here that God says this with a sense of urgency and immediacy. The Hebrew also indicates that God's judgment is impending. Their sin has come up before God, and God will judge them soon. And so Jonah needs to go immediately to warn them before God's judgment comes down Upon them. Now, this really shows God's heart for sinners. The Bible says that God takes no pleasure in the death of the wicked, and He is not willing that any would perish in their sins, but that all would come to repentance and salvation. And He wants to save even people as wicked as the Assyrians. And in Jonah's day, there was no greater example of wickedness and evil in the world than the Assyrians. And yet God wants to extend forgiveness and salvation even to them. There's an urgency here on God's part. God's desire is that all people would turn from their sin and turn to Jesus Christ and be saved. And it doesn't matter how evil or wicked a person may be. The blood of Jesus Christ can blot out all of their sins. All of them. Even the worst people you can think of. God wants to save them. Now look at Jonah's response in verse 3. But Jonah arose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and he went down into it to go with them to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Jonah arose as the Lord asked, but he arose and fled to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. And and here again in the Hebrew, the urgency with which God commanded Jonah to arise and go to Nineveh is matched by Jonah's urgency to flee. He immediately arose and fled to Tarshish. So here you have Joppa in the land of Israel Nineveh is 550 miles to the northeast of Joppa. Jonah gets on a ship in Joppa and he heads to Tarshish. 2,500 miles away. Jonah got on a ship going the opposite direction. He is going away from Nineveh geographically. Again, Tarshish was 2,500 miles away. As you can see, it's on the Atlantic side of Spain. It's not on the Mediterranean side of Spain. It's on the Atlantic side of Spain. And the reason Jonah chose Tarshish is because it was the farthest west Jonah could go. You can't go farther than Tarshish. After that is the Atlantic Ocean. So for Jonah in his day, that's the end of the world out there in Tarshish. 
Jonah intends to go as far from what God has called him to do as he possibly can. And in Jonah's mind, I'm going to put as many miles between me and Nineveh because there is no way I'm going to Nineveh to warn the Assyrians that judgment is coming and that they need to repent. In light of the urgency of God's command in verse 2, and that judgment will come soon on Nineveh, it's possible that Jonah was hoping that he could get so far away from Nineveh that it would be impossible for him to make it back in time to warn the city before God's judgment comes. And Jonah figured, I'll just go to Tarshish and run out the clock. And I won't be able to return back in time before the judgment comes. I'll just be too far away to get back. And why does Jonah flee to Tarshish? Well, I want you to know this and I want you to understand this. It was not really because of the wickedness of the Assyrians. It was because of the grace of God. It was because of the grace of God. If you turn over to chapter 4, look at verse 1. So, spoiler alert here. He's going to end up going to Nineveh. He's going to preach to the city. The whole city's going to repent. And look at chapter 4, verse 1. But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he became angry. The whole city has repented. On one hand, Jonah's the most successful prophet in the whole Bible. The whole city repented. Verse 1, Jonah's angry. And so he prayed to the Lord and he said, Ah, Lord, was not this what I said when I was still in my country? Therefore, I fled previously to Tarshish, for I know that you are a gracious and merciful God, slow to anger and abundant in loving kindness, one who relents from doing harm. He's angry about the grace of God. He's angry about the grace of God. Jonah knew. When God first called him to go to Nineveh, Jonah knew that God was gracious enough to even forgive the Assyrians if they repented. And Jonah was angry because God is so gracious. And in Jonah's opinion, God is wrong to forgive the Assyrians. They don't deserve forgiveness in his opinion. Self-righteous people get upset at God's grace. Self-righteous people get upset at God's grace. Think about the religious leaders in the Gospels. They were upset that Jesus would eat with sinners and tax collectors. Or that a, a sinful woman would wash his feet with her tears in her hair. And what do the religious leaders say in their heart? If he knew what kind of woman was touching him. Self-righteous people do not like the grace of God. They don't like when God extends grace to people that, in their opinion, don't deserve forgiveness. They don't deserve to be reconciled to God. Because they're just too sinful. Very, very early on in the church, in the first year or two of the church, I remember as we're going through the New Testament, teaching on the grace of God, and I received several emails from people in the church that thought I was way off, and they left the church. Uh, It was probably the most emails I have ever received until 2020, when we had the whole pandemic thing, and then, you know, everybody wants to tell me their opinion of what we're doing wrong, and that kind of, you know. But up until then, the grace of God is what ticked off people more than anything else. He asked me how I know, and I 
been listening to Pastor Dan Sexton on Ring of Truth. Pastor Dan's been teaching through the book of Jonah, found in the Old Testament among the minor prophets. Jonah's tale is well known, mainly for the big fish that swallowed him. But there's plenty of additional lessons to learn from this man and his story. We hope you'll join us next time as Pastor Dan continues to share from this book. Ring of Truth is a ministry out of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. If you're in the Columbia, Maryland area, come see us. We'd be honored to have you join us for worship, fellowship, and time studying God's Word. When you visit, be sure to let us know you've been listening to Ring of Truth. We are currently meeting on Sunday mornings at 8.30 a.m., 10.30 a.m., and 12.30 p.m. Or join us on Thursdays at 7 p.m. for a midweek time to reconnect and study the Bible together. You can find our location and more information about Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, on our website, calvaryec.com. If you're not in the area, you can watch online. You'll also find more teachings from this series and others Pastor Dan has shared on our site. And you can find a link to connect through Facebook. Once again, that website is calvaryec.com. We've come to the end of our time for today, but we encourage you to continue reading through the book of Jonah. And then join us again next time for another edition of Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am well, I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.